Hey, this is Pastor Bob Stephen, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. I'm excited. I'm excited for what God has, has, has placed in my heart to share today, and, and uh, I'm going to ask, uh, can you can you come and play a little? Yes. Everything sounds more spiritual when, you know. Um, and and I, my prayer today is that God would open up our hearts. That God would open up our hearts and would have an open mind to receive what God uh, has to say to us. And, and this is what I always tell God. God, I haven't heard the preaching yet, but my answer is yes. My answer is yes. Whatever it is that you want to tell me today, yes. Whatever it is that you want to, if you need to correct me, if you need to encourage me, if you need to exhort me, if you need to word the answer is yes whatever it is it's yes and i hope i hope that 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 is our prayer and our attitude and and our perspective today towards the word of god amen the word of god is a two-edged sword it it, it's it's it cuts both that way and this way so i'm not here to preach to you i'm not here to say this is what you need to do I'm here to just deliver God's word and I'm going to learn just as much as you are. I'm going to be encouraged just as much as you are. I'm going to be exhorted and corrected just as much as you are today. So let's pray all together. Father, we thank you, God. Thank you for your presence in this room, Lord. Mm. Thank you.
pray that your word would come and do exactly what you have sent it out to do this morning, God. Father, your word does not return void. Your word does not fall on deaf ears, God. But my prayer is this, like your word says, those who have ears, listen. Those who have ears, listen. Father, we're ready to receive your word, God. Our hearts are ready. Our minds are focused. We pray that you remove all distractions today. Thank you for your word, God. In Jesus' name, we pray and let the church say amen and amen. Can we give God a five-second shout of praise? Come on, pursue church. Can we just take five seconds to lift up the name that is above all other names, the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord of lords, the King of kings. Hallelujah. Hey, before you take your seats, make sure you high-five at least 17 and a half people. Tell them, what's up, what's up, good morning. Tell them, I'm glad that you're here. Now turn around and high-five the person that you rejected, that you did not want to high-five this morning. Amen. Man, I'm excited to share God's word this morning. I'm excited to receive God's word today. Let me say that. Uh, Man, can y'all give it up for y'all's pastors, Pastor Bob and Karen, the pastors of this house. Incredible. Amazing, 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 amazing. Hey, uh, how many of y'all brought your your Bibles today? Amen. I got mine and I'm using it as a a little stand for my iPad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I brought it, okay? Uh, if, you, if, you, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and use that. Or if you have uh, the Bible app on your phone, go ahead and pull that up. And uh, we're going to be, we're gonna be uh, pulling the several verses today. And, and I want you guys to follow along with us. And for those of us that are kind of lazy sometimes, and this is me, that's why I said us. We might have the verses on the screen. So if you didn't bring your Bible, you don't have your phone, or you just simply do not want to do anything we're asking you to do, it's okay. It's fine, all right? We have the verses on the screen for you in a bit, okay? So, um, y'all have been in a series, right? Talking about the, 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 the core values, core values of, of the church. And, and also, not only the church, not only the church locally, but the church in general, right? There are certain core values, right, to the Christian life. There's certain principles, and that's the, 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 the amazing thing about principles is that principles never change, right? Now, methods may change, right? You may do uh, one thing a certain way. I may do the very same thing a different way. It's like a, a person told me this one time. It's like we're both heading downtown in two different vehicles. We're heading toward the same direction. We're just taking different routes or different vehicles to get there. And that's the thing. The method of how you get there is not what's most important. What's important is the principle, right? And there's certain principles that God has established for the church. There are certain principles or core values that through in the word of God have been established by God, not only for the church, but for us believers as individuals. And one of those core values that I want to talk about today is true generosity. True generosity. Somebody say that with me on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. 
Okay, 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 we're getting there, we're getting there. Now, that was okay if Pursuit was a daycare center. But last time I checked, it doesn't say Pursuit Daycare Center on the sign outside the church, right? So, we're going to try that again, all right? We're going to get excited, and we're going to shout it out at the top of our lungs like you're getting mad at your husband. Ladies, hello. <laughs> or fellas, like you're getting mad at, you know, video, playing video games or something. I don't know what y'all guys do. I don't know. I'm too old for that stuff. On the count of three, true generosity. Okay, ready? One, two, three. True generosity. That is one of the core values, not only for the church, but for us as believers. Did you know that each each one of us individually, we have our own personal relationship with God. Just look at the example of when God created man. He didn't create Eve until man had established his own personal relationship with God. Until he spent enough time with God for himself on his own. And when he, when God under, when God uh, saw that Adam had his own relationship with God, then he brought So our relationship with God is individual. Your relationship with God does not depend on mine. And mine doesn't depend on yours. Your relationship with God doesn't depend on the person next to you. Your relationship with God is personal between you and God. So when we talk about true core values, we're not talking about, oh, that's what the church, the big C church should be doing. No, that's what you should be doing. That's what I should be doing. These principles apply not only to the organization of the church, but it applies to the individuals within the church. You see, God's plan for us. Now, a lot of people in the church are always talking about, man, I want to know what God's plan for my life is. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm reading the word. I'm in worship. I'm going to church. I want to discover what God's plan for my life is. Well, I'm going to tell you this morning. God's plan for us is to be faithful servants of all he has blessed us with. That is God's plan for us. To be faithful stewards. To be faithful servants with everything that God has blessed us with. The Bible says that every good thing comes from where? Above. Every good thing. Every blessing in our life. Let me tell you this. Even what we see, what we think are bad things in our life. That God has turned around for our good. To grow us. To show us. To teach us to make us better, to make us stronger. Even that blessing comes from above. And one of the most important aspects of our lives as followers of Christ is being generous. You see, when we talk about generosity, Pastor Bob, we don't get a lot of amens in the church, right? We talk about generosity. Now we talk about God is going to use your life and God is going to bless you and God is going to give you that and doors are opening and I see opportunities coming your way and you're going to be blessed from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed and even as you sleep at night, God is going to bless you and the church says amen. But when we talk about generosity, why? Because everything I just mentioned, even though God wants to do those things in your life, is all about who? 
God's going to bless me. God's going to open doors for me. God's going to do this for me. God's going to give this for me. Who's not excited about me? When it comes to generosity, it's not about you. When it comes to giving, it's no longer about you. That's why the level of excitement is not as great as it is. When we talk about God being generous toward us. How many of y'all believe that God has been generous toward us? So one of the most important aspects of our lives as followers of Christ is being generous. So let's, let, let's take a look at what God says in the book of James chapter 2. Axel, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Uh, just, just a heads up at the end. Let's, let's play uh, Overflow in this place. Yeah. That same key y'all are, y'all are playing. Perfect. And then I'm going to need the worship team to help me out at the end. Okay, so let's get into the word of God. James chapter 2, we'll start with verse 14, okay? It says this, what good is it, my brothers? When he says my brothers, who is he talking to? The church. He's talking to the church, brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ. He's not talking to the general public. The apostle Paul is writing, I'm sorry, James is writing this and says, what good is it? Brothers, church, believers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds, what good is it for you to say you're a Christian, you're a believer, that you love Jesus, that you haven't, you haven't skipped church services 1927? What good is it if your faith is not backed up with your works? If your faith is not back, if who you claim to be is not backed up by your actions. Can such faith save him? We're saved by faith, the Bible says, through grace. We're saved by grace through faith. So faith is needed in order to save. But if the faith that you claim to have is not backed up by actions, can that faith really save you? Verse 15. Suppose he's going to paint a picture for us, right? hypothetically, did I use that word correctly? Yeah, okay, perfect. It's Sunday morning, I gotta pull out the bag, you know what I'm saying? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. Verse 16, if one of you say to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed. God bless you, brother, be safe, I'll be praying for you. Sound familiar? But does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? What good is your prayer for that person if God is showing you the need and you do nothing about it? Well, I prayed. Yeah, but that prayer ain't going to feed his tummy. That prayer ain't going to put pampers on that baby. How about you take out a few bucks and buy some pampers for that baby, buy some food for them. Faith. With actions. I'm going to get to that. And that's another point I want to address today. Let me, I don't want to, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Verse 17, in the same way, here it is. This is the familiar verse, James chapter two, verse 17. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions is what? Is what? Is what? Okay. So pastor Bob and Karen, they're used to preaching here. Y'all guys may not be used to preaching up here, but you can preach from your seats too. 
So whenever I want, I'm going to encourage you to say and preach with me today. Okay, let's read that one more time. In the same way, faith by itself, faith that is not backed up by its actions, faith that is all talk but no walk, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied or backed up by actions, is what? It's a dead faith. It's worth nothing. The Bible says that without action, your faith is dead. How many times, Pastor Bob, have you read that scripture? Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. And we always, and at least I always, have viewed this scripture from a standpoint of, you know, you claim to be a Christian, but you don't act and talk like a Christian. So those actions don't meet the faith. So faith without works is dead. You know that I've never really read this scripture in its true context? Because what are we talking about? What are the previous verses talking about? Generosity. So if your faith is not backed up by generosity, your faith is dead. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think you believe. I don't care how many times you've come to church. I don't care if you're on the worship team, the uh, media team. I don't, it doesn't matter where you serve or if you don't serve. It doesn't matter. Look what the Bible says. Remember, I told you, Father, we say yes to your word. We're going to be exhorted, encouraged, and corrected. And I'm the first one because when I was studying and prepping this, I was like, God, Jesus. If your faith, the faith that you claim to have is not backed up by generosity, the faith you claim to have is a dead faith. Let me say that I'm totally convinced that faith without generosity is dead faith. If, if, if your faith, if, if your, the faith that you claim to have is not attached or expressed in the form of generosity, then your faith and my faith is dead. You see, there is not a heart that truly lives for Christ where that heart is absent of generosity. Mm. You cannot say you live for Christ and then you don't live a generous life. You cannot claim to be saved. You cannot claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Listen, listen to those words. A follower of Jesus Christ. What does a follower do? They imitate. They learn from and they apply what they learn. They imitate. That's what a follower is. What did Paul say? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Those are some bold words. How many of us could say, hey, imitate me as I imitate Christ? Mm, Christ don't be going to the club on Saturday, coming to church on Sunday. Amen. That's a whole nother sermon. All right. If there was anybody on this earth that was generous, it was Christ. Gave it all. Gave up his life, gave up heaven, gave up his, his, his kingdom, gave up his authority as far as, 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 as claiming to be the king of kings. He came to this earth as humble as you could be. Gave it everything. And then he gave up his life on a cross that we deserved. So if anybody is generous, it's God. It's Christ. And if you call yourself a follower of Christ, you cannot... Say you're a follower of Christ, but you do not live generous as Christ did. How can we say that we are God's people if we are not people of generosity? 
How can we claim to be the church of Christ, the church of God? How can we claim to be followers of Jesus Christ if we are not a people of generosity? How can we, when I say we, I include myself. This is not just for you. This is for us. How can we as a church be generous to those in need if we will not first be generous toward God? How many of y'all want to see this community change for the better? We cannot see this community change. We're not going to see anything happen in the communities around us if we are not generous toward God. I'm, I, I, listen, I love being the guest speaker because I can say whatever the heck I want. Because I'm leaving home. Y'all got y'all to gotta deal with them next week. I just come every now and then and, you know, say hi and bye. So I, I'm, I'm going I'm to, can I lean in just a little bit, Pastor? All right. I'm asking mom and dad if I can come, you know. Listen, I love what y'all guys do here. I love it. The, 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 the pantry that y'all do, all, all, man, it's incredible. Y'all just said y'all want this community to change. Now, and, and I'm, not, I'm not pointing fingers or making assumptions or implying anything. Or maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe I am. But you want to see the community change, but you won't show up for pantry to help give to the community, pray with people, lead them to Christ. Community's not going to change without Christ. Community's not going to change without you being generous. Generous with your money, your time, your talents. So if we want to be a church that can impact the community around us, if we want to be the church of Christ, the church of God, to impact the people around us, to impact the communities, not only the community around the church, but where you live. Did you know that God strategically placed you where you live? God strategically placed you where you work at. God strategically places you where you shop at. Why? So that you and I can make a difference. So that we could actually be the light and the salt. But if we don't apply, if we don't, if we, if we're not generous, then how is the world going to change? Now I say that to say this. Okay. Maybe you can't come to pantry. Maybe you can't be as involved as other people, but you can give. You can give to support the work that they're doing. You can give to the ones who are able to be the hands, the physical hands and feet of Jesus. But neither will you come, neither will you give in support. So then what, what, what in the world are we doing? What are we doing as believers? If we call ourselves followers of Christ, Jesus was generous, then we should be generous. And it's okay if you can't come. I understand. Maybe the schedule doesn't work out for you. It's okay. We totally understand. You're not going to go to hell for not coming to pantry. But what if you said, hey, I can't go, but here's a hundred bucks. Here's $200. Here's 500 bucks so that I, y'all can, I can make the work easier for them. D- does the team need waters? Does the team need like pizza? Can I help in any way monetarily? 
It's going to get quiet up in this place. Why? Because there is not a heart that, is, that truly lives for Christ where that heart is absent of generosity. Generosity is the result of belonging to Christ. Very simple. Generosity is the result of belonging to Christ. How many of y'all say here that you belong to Christ? Mm, see, there's less, less and less hands going up today. It's okay. It's all right. If you belong to Jesus, the result of that is generosity. So how can we say that God's people, how can we say we are God's people if we are not people of generosity? You see, <clears throat> the needs, the needs of this community, they surround us. They're all around everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, there are needs in our communities, in our homes, at our workplaces, at, at, at the store. And the complete desire of God is that those who belong to him, those who belong to him, would practice true generosity towards those in need. That is God's desire for us as the church, that we would practice true generosity. Thank you so much. Give it up for Anthony. Give him a hand. Yeah. That is God's desire. That is God's plan. That is God's purpose for your life. That as the church, as followers of Jesus Christ, those who claim to have faith in Christ, that we would practice true generosity. And if those needs are going to be met, listen to this, it must happen through true generosity of people who love Christ and want to see his will accomplished here in our own city and the surrounding areas where the needs are many. This world is in dire need of a savior. This world needs Jesus just as much as we did. And you know how we came to know Christ? Because someone before us was generous. Think about it. Think about it. Well, I got saved at a certain, you know, whatever church. Or I got saved, you know, last week at this church. Okay. Had this place not existed? Had those doors not been opened? Had nobody showed up to, to lead you to Christ? The gas money that it took to get here? The expenses that it takes to operate this place? Had it not been because somebody who came before you was generous enough to make sure that those doors were open, that these lights were on, that this sound system worked so that you could hear the saving grace, the gospel of Jesus Christ? Where would we be today? So all God is challenging us to do today is to be that same someone for someone ahead of you. To someone else who walks through those doors depressed, lonely, uncertain, ready to end everything. They have a place where they can come and meet Christ. Why? Because you and I chose to be generous toward the work of God. This goes beyond money. We're not talking about money today. Now, it, it, money is important, that, and, and we do want to address that. We do want to kind of focus on that, but I want you to understand that it's not the money. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the, the posture of our heart to be generous. And we, we, we express that generosity by giving. 
giving so that others can have the same opportunity we had to meet Christ as our Savior, be impacted by the presence of God, and see their life change for generations to come. We need to get our minds off of, oh, they always ask for money. Oh, they're always doing fundraisers. Oh, they're always talking about generosity. Oh, they pick up an offering every single day, every single week, and now they have 17 ways to give. Jesus, if we have to have 17 ways to give, that means you ain't giving. Because we have to make it so easy now. Which is fine. I understand. Now there's a hundred ways to give. That's okay. But how did people give in the 80s when internet didn't even exist? Cell phones didn't even exist. It was the posture of their heart. Instead of us having to say... uh, you know, we're, we're giving y'all 17 different options to give. You should be the one to say, hey, I don't care if there's 17. I'm going to give either way. I don't care. That's right. That should be the attitude of our hearts. Oh, they only do cash app. I do Venmo. I, I can't give today. It's not about the money, guys. Now, we're talking about giving monetarily. We're talking about giving and supporting the work of God financially. But you got you to see the bigger picture. The picture, the, 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 the big picture is not the money. It's the impact. It's people being saved. It's, a, it's, it's, it's having a place where we can come to worship. It's, it's being able to do the work of God freely as he has called us to do because money ain't an issue. Mm. Go with me to Philippians chapter four. I'm only going to take about two and a half hours more. So y'all, y'all hang on. Like I said, I'm the guest speaker. So I, I leave after this. I, you know. <laughs> go, to, go with me to Philippians chapter four. Okay. Philippians chapter four. The first thing God would have us to see this morning is this. Number one, we must realize that true generosity is only accomplished through our ability to be both. Listen. Spiritual and practical at the same time. Yes, we have to be spiritual, but we also have to be practical. What did James say? What good is it that you pray for someone in need, the spiritual, but you're not practical about it. You don't do anything physically about it. So God is calling us, yes, to see the spiritual aspect. God will provide. He will supply. Let me pray for you. But then here's $10. Here's $20. Here's a meal. Here's some pampers for your baby. God wants us to be spiritual and practical at the same time. Now, this could be a challenge. This could be a really big challenge. See, how many of you can, can, how many of you here can hop on one leg, rub your belly and pat your head at the same time? Anybody? You can, you can, you're not in your head. Yes. I'm like, I want to see that. Y'all need to come up here on the stage. I've always tried. I can't do it. I can't do it. Now, my brother's a drummer. Shout out to all the drummers in the house. My brother's a drummer. And as a drummer, you have to learn how to use your hands and feet individually doing different things at the same time. And my brother would play drums and sing and direct the service all from the drums. I was like, man, that's a whole nother level right there. Because you have to, your brain is thinking about 17 things at the same time, you know? So, listen, it requires a lot of coordination. It requires a lot of thought. It requires a lot of focus. But for the most of us, it can be done with some concentration and determination. 
the ability for us to both to be both spiritual and practical at the same time is determined by our willingness to be led by God's spirit. So it's possible to be both at the same time. It is possible to to hop on one leg, rub your tummy and pat your head. It's possible, but it's going to take some work. So it's possible to be both spiritual and practical, but it's going to take some what? Some work. It's going to take action because faith without action, faith without generosity. Well, I don't really know how to be generous and just start doing it. You never know how to do anything. I have a five month old. She's five months today. Our baby Zariah. She's five months today on the 19th. She don't know how to do anything for herself. That's the truth. Babies don't are not born knowing what two plus two is, what three divided by seven is. It's, you know, yeah. One of those tricky ones, right? She doesn't know any of those things, but how does she learn? By practicing as she grows, as she matures, she's going to learn all of these things. Okay, how many of us want our kids to grow and learn and mature and get better and stronger? Then let's apply that same desire to us. We should want to desire to get, we should, we should desire to want to get better and grow in our generosity. Well, I've never learned about it. Well, you're learning today. There's no excuse. Well, I just never been taught what you're being taught today. Whether you're listening or paying attention, that's up to you. Whether you choose to apply this to your life moving forward, that's up to you. But today for everybody in this room and those listening to the podcast, because I know y'all recording this. There's no excuse after listening to this. God is calling us out. God is calling us out. He says, if you claim to be a follower, my follower, then show me. Show me with your generosity. Because the same way I was generous, I'm calling you to be generous today. Some people who decide to follow Christ turn out being entirely practical, while other followers of Christ turn out to be completely spiritual. The follower of Christ that will be most effective for God's kingdom is the individual who is both spiritual and practical at the same time. I'm going to repeat that again. The follower of Christ. You want to be effective for the kingdom of God? You want to bring impact and make a difference in this community for the kingdom of God? Look what it says. The follower of Christ that will be most effective for the kingdom of God is the individual who who is both spiritual and practical at the same time. Now, what do I mean? What do I mean when I talk about someone who is both, who is both, uh, um, sorry. What do I mean by someone who is, who has become all spiritual and all practical instead of being the right balance of both? Because there's a lot of Christians that are all spiritual about it. And then there are uh, other, other Christians that are all practical, more logical. We don't need the spiritual. Let's just do something about it. Have you ever heard of this phrase? That person is so heavenly minded that they are no earthly good. Sadly, there's a lot of Christians that are too heavenly minded. Everything is just, they just make everything just super spiritual. That they miss out on the practical. 
That phrase describes the sort of follower of Christ who is solely living for Christ spiritually without any sensibility to the practical in their walk. You're so focused on Jesus that you can't see your neighbor in need who's right beside you. As followers of Christ, we need to get both motivations going and get them into sync with God's plan. We must be spiritual and practical in order to fulfill his plan for our lives of true generosity. And sure, God wants wants you to be spiritual. God calls us to grow spiritually. God wants us to see things with our spiritual eyes. He wants us to be spiritual, but if we are to be used by God here on this earth, if you are to be used by God to impact the community around you, then we must be practical as well. Because we could have a prayer meeting here all week long that God would provide food for those who are in hunger, who are going hungry. But if y'all don't open y'all's doors, what is it once a month for pantry and feed those people that you've been fervently praying for? Nothing happens. There's no change. There's no impact. Every church has people who are so heavenly minded that they limit their true usefulness for the kingdom of God. I'm not telling you in any way. So don't, 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 don't misinterpret what I'm trying to say here. I'm not saying don't be spiritual. I'm not saying that. But you have to learn how to balance Spiritual with practical. They go hand in hand. Like a coin. It's one coin, two different sides. But they go together. We have to be spiritual. But what does the Bible say? That spirituality without any works? That spirituality without any, any, any practical? That level of spirituality without generosity is dead. Remember that. The right balance of both spiritual and the practical is key. So let's look at Philippians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul writes to the believers in Philippi and says in verse 10 these words. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that, excuse me, that at last, woo, I feel like God is telling us today, finally, at last. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. See, what, what, what the Apostle Paul is saying here is I am grateful to God for your generosity. It says, Paul says, indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Verse 11, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content Whatever the circumstances, Paul is talking about being spiritual here. He says, God provides for me. So I'm not, I'm not telling you this so that now y'all can send me stuff. No, 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 no. I know that God takes care of me. He's my source. He's my, he's my provision. That's the spiritual aspect. And you and I have to also uh, uh, believe that, that yes, God will provide that. Yes, God will supply. We have to be spiritual about it. In verse 12, he says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Verse 13, Philippians 4, 13. 
another scripture, pastor, that I read completely out of context. Hey, brother, what are your dreams? What are your ambitions? What do you want to do for God? Remember, you can do all things through Christ wrong. Out of context. Man, I've been praying for this job. I hope I get it. I hope I'm able to, you know, do what I'm supposed to do. Hey, brother, Philippians 4.13, you can do all things wrong. Out of context. Why? What is the Apostle Paul talking about? Generosity. We have to learn to read the word of God in its context. The context of what Paul is talking about is generosity. Well, I can't give this week. Yes, you can, because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I can't come to pantry and donate my time. Yes, you can, because of generosity, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yes, you can be generous. Because God gives you the strength to do it. That's the context of what Paul is talking about. Generosity. We can be generous generous because he gives us the strength to do so. Now let's read this verse. Verse 13. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. But I was going to use this for the mortgage and I need this for the car payment and I need this for that and that. Listen, I'm not saying don't take care of your bills. Do it because they're going to repo your car. Do it because they're going to take your home. Be responsible with your payments and your bills and all that stuff and get out of debt as soon as you can. But if you feel that God is leading you to give from that which you need, I need this for the rent. I need this for my car. If God is leading you to give of that or to give the entire portion, I can't do that, brother. I need to... Yes, you can. So we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You don't think God can provide you those $500, those $1,200 for the mortgage, those $700? You don't think God is capable enough? He, is the, he owns all silver and all gold. Have y'all read Genesis chapter 1? He created everything out of nothing. And if God is challenging you to be generous and give out of that which you need, I need this, I need this for that, I need this money for that. If he's challenged you to give from that which you need, so I'm not saying you don't need it, but if God is challenging you to give from even that pile, let me read you this verse again. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Paul has said here in these verses that from the spiritual knowledge he has, God is going to take care of all his needs. He knows that. From what he has learned and what he's experienced, he knows that God is going to provide all of his needs. This is the spiritual aspect. But let's take a look at the practical side of things. Here in verse 14, look what he says. And I'm going to be wrapping up in about, in about a few minutes. Verse 14, it says this. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Thank you guys for your concern. Thank you guys for your prayers. Thank you for the spiritual. Yet it was good for you to be practical. That's all great and dandy. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your thoughts. Thank you for your text messages. Thank you for all that good stuff. For the, the heart emojis, the, the prayer emojis, all that good stuff that everybody puts on, online when they say, hey, prayers for my son. Uh, hands, hands, hands. Heart, heart, heart. Prayers. That's, that does me no good. 
I'm, I'm, I'm in need. He says, thank you for your concern. But the best part was that you actually did something about it. He says, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Verse 15. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me. They all prayed for me. They all said, be well, Godspeed. We're praying for you, brother. But not one of them shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. They all prayed, but y'all were the only ones who gave. Y'all were the only ones who applied the practical and not only the spiritual. Verse 16, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid, help, finances, support, physical support, not support in prayer. He says, you sent me aid again and what? Again and? Again and? Just one time? It was over and over and over. You sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Verse 17. Now, not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your accounts. Woo. Listen to this. I'm not asking you for anything so that you can give to me. I'm encouraging you to be generous for what it does to you. generosity does more for us than it does for the person that you are giving to. It grows you. It matures you. It opens even more your spiritual eyes. Why? Because you're becoming more like Christ. Why? Because he was generous. And when you're generous, you're operating. You're operating in Christ. Not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account because of what it does to you. Verse 18, I have received full payment and even more. You guys have sent me more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from that person. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The gifts you sent. Bible got some weird names sometimes, you know what I'm saying? I'd rather just kind of read over it than try to butcher the whole name. You know what I'm saying? He's, I'm, I'm well supplied. I have everything that I need. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Look at, look, we could preach on those three little points right there all day long. Listen, when you give to God, when you're generous toward the house of God, when you're generous toward the, the, the work of God, when you're ch- generous toward the kingdom of God, look what it says. They are a fragrant offering. What is fragrant? Like, it smells good. It smells really good. It's an acceptable sacrifice to God. God sees your sacrifice and instead of rejecting it like he rejected Cain's sacrifice, he, accept it. he accepts it just like he did Abel's. And it's pleasing to God. Everybody in church is is always trying to just live life that is pleasing to God. I just want to please God, brother. I just want to live a life that is pleasing to God. Then give. Very simple. I go to church. I read my Bible. I do this. Spiritual. Where's the practical? 
You want to be pleasing to God? Yeah, I've read the whole Bible this year uh, already. We're like in month two. I'm like, dang, you read pretty fast. I go to church. I haven't missed. I've been, you know, serving. Okay. You want to please God? Yes, I'm just doing this to please God because I just love God so much and I'm so grateful and I just want to please him. Then be generous. Very simple. All that is good. Continue doing that, but give. Why? Because it's pleasing to God. Verse 19. And my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. God will meet all your needs according to his riches. But first, generosity. Because <laughs> we read that verse all the time. God will supply all my needs, brother. God is my source of provision. Yes, he is. But first, you need to be generous. Why do you think God placed these verses in the order they are? Be generous. Be generous first, and then God will supply all of your needs. Seek after my kingdom first, and all these things will be added unto you. But we want to flip it around. And we want to go after the provision without first seeking his kingdom. We want to go after the provision without first being generous. Actually, you need to come up here and play because I'll be here all day, brother. Verse 20, to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. I want us to focus on what Paul says here in verse 13 and 14, because in verse 13, Paul says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. That was the spiritual. That was the, the spiritual trust that Paul had in Christ. But then immediately afterwards, Paul says in verse 14, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. The balance of spiritual and practical, spiritual and practical faith and works faith and generosity Paul's words in verse 13 reveal his understanding of the unfailing spiritual truth that Christ will provide for his needs and he will provide for ours as well the practical part the practical part of it comes in where in verse 14 it becomes obvious that God works through the people at Philippi to make that providing possible we encourage you, church, to pray for the needs of this community. We encourage you to pray for the needs of this house, this church. We're also encouraging you to have a healthy balance between the spiritual and the practical. Here goes my prayer, but here goes my wallet too. Here goes my prayer, but here goes a check too. Here goes my prayers and I'm here for you and maybe I cannot make it when y'all have pantry, but here goes some money so that y'all guys can do what y'all gotta do so that this community can continue to be impacted and we can actually make a difference in the communities around us. It's sad that many believers, and I want to be careful when I say this because this doesn't apply to everybody. And if it doesn't apply to you, please just brush it off. But it's sad because, and, I, and I've had conversations with, with Christians who before they became generous and they've opened up to me and said, man, I thought this was all a scam. I thought you guys were just always asking for money and why y'all need more money and this and that and why the offering, why fundraisers, why y'all doing this and that. 
and God opened their eyes and said, you know what, man, I was wrong. And it's sad to know that that is the mentality of many believers. That is the mentality of many people who walk in through those doors. Why are they just asking for money? We're not asking for money. We're not asking for your money. Just like Paul says, we know God's going to provide. This is his work. He's going to provide. But like Paul said, we're encouraging you to give because we know what it does for you. We know that it makes you more like Christ. And if you can become more like Christ, then you'll truly be an impact. And you truly will be able to make a difference wherever you go. Because without Christ, without the image of Christ expressed through you, we're nothing. What does the Bible says? We're just like a clanging symbol. We're like a clanging symbol, making noise everywhere we go. And hallelujah, amen, and jumping up and down. But it's annoying. Clanging symbols annoying. I'm not saying that praising. Y'all saw me up here. I was, I don't care. I'm praising God and I'm running around. I don't care if anybody else is doing it. Who's watching? David didn't care. David almost stripped naked. Thank God y'all don't have to see that today. Bible says he took off all his robe. He took everything off. He said, I don't care who's watching. The presence of God is finally here. And I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him. Even his wife criticized him, laughed at him, mocked him. What did he say? Deal with it because I'm going to praise God. That needs to be your attitude. And this is a parenthesis here, right? That needs to be our attitude also in the presence of God. You know why David was dancing so much? I'll get back to generosity, but I, I feel like we kind of need to shift here real quick. You know why David was dancing? You know why he was making a fool of himself? before people, before his wife. His wife was embarrassed of him. You know why he did it? Because finally they had returned the presence of God. They were bringing in the ark. They were bringing in the presence of God. And he said, finally, I'm in the presence of God. presence of God was here earlier. He's here now. He's here now, but I want to say this. I don't want to make this very clear. <clears throat> don't, don't lose thought of generosity. We're going to come back to that, okay? The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Listen. We know that God is everywhere present at all times at any given moment because it's omnipresent, okay? But there's a difference, Pastor Bob and Karen, there's a difference between being present and engaged because some of us are present in this room, but we're not engaged in what's happening. In marriage, you can be present, but not engaged in your relationship. As a father, as a mother, you can be present, but not engaged with your children. So we know God is present even before we showed up. But when we begin to praise and worship, he moves. He's engaged. Not only is he only present, but he is now engaged in what's going on. 
that's when things take place. That's when miracles, signs, and wonders become a reality to us and not something we only read about. That's why David said, I am willing to strip down naked before the presence of God. Some of us come with baggage. Some of us come with hurt. Some of us come with pain. Some of us come with wrong perceptions of church and giving and what's going on. Are you willing to strip free from all of that in the presence of God? Just as David did, he may have done it physically. But you can do it spiritually and say, you know what? I Forget all that, God. I'm just going to strip all of that junk off today. And I'm going to praise like nobody else's business. sermon forget the rest of my notes if you need to encounter the presence of God for yourself come to this altar now do not miss out on this opportunity do not pass do not pass on this opportunity right now run to this altar just run to this altar right now if you've never done it before you may be uncertain you may, you may be not be used to it it's fine just break out of that. Strip down like David did and say, you know what? I let go of everything that is holding me back. I strip away from every distraction, from every perception, from every thought of the enemy, every lie that is holding me back and run to this altar now before the presence of God. Say spirit.